Some are always looking for more sports content, and among the glut of sports media, some are looking for sports content that dives a bit deeper and doesn't just stick to sports. So check out Backpack Broadcasting's original long-form sports journalism series, Sideline Stories. The award-winning original series takes viewers directly into underrepresented communities within the world of sports. It's a series that goes beyond traditional sports reporting, like box scores and statistics, presenting exclusive stories that you won't find anywhere else. With a diverse group of correspondents, the series provides interviews and interesting stories around the world of sports, because there is so much beyond the game, and so much that occurs off the field or court that impacts each of us and the world we live in. Giving a voice to athletes, coaches, fans, and everyone involved in athletics, Sideline Stories looks to push sports storytelling further than ever before. It's a winner of the 2020 Independent Shorts Awards, and all episodes of Sideline Stories are available for viewing today on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Podcast episode 156. Dexter Henry Brian Fonseca here, sure. following a very eventful Thanksgiving for most people. Uh, if you were like oh me, you were feasting. I, I, I was a full on fatty for like four yeah. days. Leftovers, yeah. good leftovers. And look, I look, I cooked a lot. Like I, I got it in the kitchen. I had the curry goat, the oxtail, made some sorrel. Uh, for those not to know, very popular uh, West Indian drink. Uh, like, uh, like you know, I'm sure Brian had a lot. Brian, how how is it? You sound like you were uh, traumatized by the amount of food you might have had for Thanksgiving. I had so downstairs because I, you know, I live with family. Obviously, my dad, both my parents, my dad, this motherfucker can cook. I like he threw the fuck down. There's turkey, there's ham, there was fucking stuffing, there was mac and cheese, rice, all that shit, right? Um, I'm trying to think like whatever else you have for Thanksgiving, but all that stuff went upstairs and had more and this shit was crazy. I felt I've, I've, I, <laughs> second time I ate, I think was at like 10, 11 o'clock <laughs> at night. Um, a lot of, you know what I'm saying? And then, and then it was just crazy. Uh, yeah. Friday, I want to say Friday, I woke up and you know, like. I forgot how good Thanksgiving leftovers were. <laughs> oh, like, uh, a, oh, I never forget. Some people make the argument that the leftovers are better than the day of as it pertains to Thanksgiving. And there's something about Thanksgiving where it's like all of the food is good the next day. You can't say that about all the shit you heat up. Like certain things you heat up, That's like, true. like pastas and stuff like that, mashed potatoes, you got to be careful with that. But the next day... The ham, the mac and cheese, the next day with turkey let oh my god, it was crazy. And then on top of that, you know, come from a family of Puerto Rican, so a lot of people were drinking. I was just observing, I was just watching, just having a good time or whatever. I was offered as always, and I shot it down. Not ready for that point in my life. Um, you know what I mean? So You wasn't trying it, to it, you wasn't trying to jump into the swimming pools where the country. It, 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 it got real, you know what I mean? Like I got some off mic stories about that. All right, well, <laughs> but, we'll, but, we'll have to talk about that. It was a good week. It was a good week. The leftovers took me to about uh, Sunday yesterday, and now, yeah. now, now we're trying to clean up the diet and work out again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I took four days off. Uh, put on ate a lot more carbs than I usually have been eating, but uh, 
it, it was very fulfilling, which you understand why the carbs are, are dangerous. Uh, speaking of dangerous, uh, that's a good way to segue and transition. Uh, this past weekend, uh, boxing was at the forefront of a lot of people's conversation, and not in the way that I think most people would would think about. Now, we had spoken not about the way that I would like as a boxing uh, reporter and fan. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and we will talk about that because I think Brian and I, pro- we haven't spoken about this before the podcast, but we're probably on the same page as this. Now, Saturday, this past Saturday uh, at the Staples Center in L.A. was the Mike Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. fight. And I've said this on this podcast before. Brian uh, brought this up. I believe it was in a one time for your mind when this was announced. And I was like, who wants to see this? Apparently, and I don't, I don't, I'm not the person to say that Twitter is everything. Well, this is exactly the way that people look at things. But when I did jump on Twitter and look at things that people were saying, it seemed like, and what was trending, seemed like a lot of people were talking about this fight. I'm surprised that all of you care. Why? These, look, this is somebody who grew up. The pandemic, man. Nah, see, see, here's why I don't think it's the pandemic. I'm going to tell you why I don't think it's the pandemic, man. People have been served up to watching so much washed boxing stars or even near washed boxing stars for so long, they don't even know how to differentiate. Like, are we really that star for violence as a society that we said we need to see Mike Tyson and Roy Jones at the ages they are fight? Like you really wanted to see this, yeah. I like like no we you know how I don't think it's a pandemic beat when we got we finally when we finally got Mayweather versus Pacquiao and we both know this was a fight at that time that should have happened five years before people yep. still watched it I showed up to a fight party to watch it so I'm not gonna put Same, myself out of it I was at a me fight too. party at my boy's crib we had like it was like thirty people there to watch that fight wouldn't be doing that now in the pandemic, but there was 30 people to watch that fight. And I was there. You know, we had a good time. Was I excited about the fight? No, because as a boxing fight fan, I knew that this was no longer an exciting matchup. But people were really excited about this. Now, here's the thing, Brian. What do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about the ridiculousness of people watching the Mike Tyson-Roy Jones fight? Or do we want to talk about the undercard, which in some way kind of stole the show? Honestly, and I wrote about this the morning after. The fight itself between Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson is just very insignificant because, and my fear going into it was especially on the side of Roy Jones Jr. given his knockout history, Enzo Macchiarelli, Danny Green, Antonio Tarver, Glenn Johnson in particular, those knockouts, very, very bad knockouts for Roy Jones Jr. in his past. Mike Tyson, given the way he's looked lately, post-rehabilitation, smokes weed, little more relaxed, a little more zen, spiritual, um, old still, man strength. Still don't want to see them hands. Still don't want to see old them hands. Old man strength, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, this, it's still there. That dog is still there. Because he said a long time ago, the reason why I don't hit a heavy bag no more is because the beast will come out or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing. And <laughs> it, there were a couple shots that he landed on Rogers Jr. where I was like, ooh, like I kind of winced. Like, I was like, oh, that looked like Mike Tyson before Lennox Lewis, at least. Um, but, you know, I'm just grateful that both got away healthy. Mike Tyson said he'd do it again. I don't really want to see it. But that's neither here nor there because the true main event in all this and the most significant thing to come from this is Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson, who people are listening to this podcast, you can see – or not listening to this podcast, you may not see – 
unless you see on our Twitter feed because clips will be going out. Uh, behind Dexter is Nate Robinson, Sleeping. face down, ass up, asleep <laughs> from Jake Paul's, uh, I think it was the right hook. It was the right hook. Right, whatever it was, Nate Robinson set it up by just kind of just flailing his arms and doing what people who box who aren't trained to box do. And for an abundance of reasons, this could have been a lot worse. It was pretty scary. Uh, Jake Paul also weighed in three pounds heavier than Nate Robinson, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and, you know, I just think that, and, you know, we'll get deeper into this, but I agree with uh, something that Amanda Serrano said that I actually used in a story I wrote about this, where it's like, look, if he's going to fight actual boxers, and this is actually my point, like something she said sort of sparked this reaction out of me that I, that I used as a jumping off point. He says... Like, he's not a celebrity boxer. He's a boxer. He's even calling himself a boxer and a rapper. Whatever. Uh, if he's going to be a boxer, then he should fight actual fighters. The issue is, when he does fight actual fighters, it's not going to end well. It's not going to end well. He'll be, he'll be just like Nate Robinson. Even if he fights a journeyman, light heavyweight gatekeeper like Darnell Boone, who's 24 and 25, but has famously been in the ring with guys like Adonis Stevenson and somebody who really, you know, has been like sort of a, a jobber to the stars to use a yeah, wrestling term. Yeah. Darnell Boone will fuck him up. Like, yes. Like, yes. like this needs to be stated. This is just like, you know, you know when people are, you you see this all the time, B. You, I, I'll never forget this. I'm not going to mention the person's name because they might still listen to my podcast. But I, I used to play basketball with a dude in college and he used to, he used to come and hang with the homies at our dorm. He played Madden with us. That's why I'm not going to mention my man's name. We still cool. But I'll never forget one time we were watching this game. And this is, we're all on the couch. And this is, this is back when the Cleveland, I don't remember who the Cavs were playing. So this is like 2002, 2003. I don't know if you remember, Brian, because you're kind of young. You remember Bobby Sir? You remember Bobby yeah, Sir? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You used to play for the Cavs? Bobby Sir, right? Yeah. Bobby Sir is playing, and this man says, Yo, I give Bobby Sir buckets. Oh. <laughs> and yo, we all and the rest of us in the room, we all look around, we look and like, and he's yo, he argued. This dude, this this person in he argued hard that he would give Bobby Sir buckets. Now, I played basketball with this man. He was a decent player, but he can't <laughs> give Bobby Sir buckets. Right. <laughs> I, like the person that you think is the most trash in the NBA, the, the we or whatever sport you think it is. That person will probably destroy you. I don't care how good you think you might be at basketball or decent you might be at basketball. That person can still destroy you. And I think it's even more apparent with boxing, right? Snoop said on a broadcast, and I did not watch this broadcast, as I've said, people, for a multitude of stuff. I was not tuning into this Mike Tyson-Roy Jones fight. I had no interest in watching it whatsoever. But I did see everything that went around it, and I did follow it after. Snoop said, yo, you can't play with boxing. You can't. Like, people think that... Now, Nate Robinson is the kind of dude, and I think Brian would agree with me on this, he's 5'7", he's fought his way in life for everything. You probably don't want to get in a street fight with Nate. I wouldn't sleep on his size. I think he might show you the hands in a street fight, but a street fight isn't the same as getting in the ring. It isn't the same as being conditioned for three-minute rounds or two-minute rounds and then going, going after that and knowing how it feels to take a punch how it feels to move, how it is to throw your hands, how to use the footwork, get in a certain position. And here's the thing. Brian kind of alluded to this. 
Jake Paul, who before this has only fought one fight, and like Amanda Serrano said, hasn't fought any real fighters, right? He's only fought one fight, and now he's fighting Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson looked horrible. Jake Paul, if you've looked at his previous fight, he ain't that good. And Brian's right. When he fights some real fighters, it's he's going to look like Nate Robinson. So we can all clown Nate Robinson, who got knocked out, look like Pacquiao on sleep mode on your iPhone, look like that. But this should tell people a better lesson about sports and boxing. Everybody is not built to do everything. Look, we should know this. We should know that everybody isn't built to do everything. We should know that it's not easy for Jake Paul or Nate Robinson to just step into that ring and think that they can box. Everybody wants to think they can box. And, you know, go back to a Mike Tyson quote that we love on this podcast. Yeah, Everybody's yeah, got true. a plan until they get punched in the face. And Nate yeah. Robinson got punched in the face and he was, you know, laying face down. As of, which I've, I then had a discussion, which is like this, Brian. Nobody wants to get knocked out. But you don't no. want to get knocked out falling forward, man. Like, you do yeah. not want to get knocked out laying face down. I'd rather get knocked out. I'd rather get hit with the uppercut to the chin and fall backwards into the ropes than lay flat on my face for the world to see me sleeping. No. So I, I've, I've thought about this probably as often as you would have thought about, like, what would be the best way to get knocked out, right? I feel like the best way would just be to take, like, a really hard body shot that forces you to get on one knee. You know what I mean? And, he like, can't, and, you can't, a, and then you can't get up. Right. Yeah. If it's a body shot, it's like, it's going to suck for your ribs because people don't realize this. Body shots fucking hurt, man. They hurt. Especially, like, especially if you're, and I can say this because I'm Puerto Rican, especially if you're fighting a Puerto Rican fighter, we all got that left hook to the body. Every single one. Felix Schroeder sure that. Miguel Cotto. Felix Verdejo got that shit now. Like, Edgar Berlanga, they all have it. You know what I mean? Or the Edgar Berlanga's more a little more of a headhunter, but he's got some body shots as well. I think when Nate Robinson, like, and he said this in one of the preview videos that I watched in just sort of, I guess, preparing myself for this fight, was he was saying, like, you know, he thinks he's an athlete, but, like, he, he couldn't have played in, uh, he couldn't have played in the NBA, he couldn't have played in the NFL, he couldn't have played in Major League Baseball, and Nate Robinson's saying he could have done all of those things. I'm not sure, like, as far as Major League Baseball goes, but from what I gather in like just Nate Robinson research uh, throughout the course of like his career and having known about what he did as a football player before he ended up going to the NBA, it sounded like he probably could have made it to the NFL. A lot of people say he could have made it to the NFL, and I, yeah. I believe that to be true. It sounded like it was, he was that good. Baseball, I'm not so sure. But look, two out of three, shit, one sport, good enough, more than Jake Paul. However, that doesn't mean you fight. <laughs> you know, we've seen in a lot of instances, and the thing is with Nate Robinson, I think we're kind of underselling because of the hilarity of the knockout. It's like, yo, eight pounds is a big deal in boxing, and that was the weigh-in. I don't know what they weighed in the day of the fight. Jake Paul looked considerably bigger. I, I probably would have guessed that it might have been a 10 to 15-pound advantage, which is not something to take lightly. But at the same time, yo, you got to jab. <laughs> you got to jab. You got to use... Your head move and things like that. But those are like, things you don't know if you have not boxed, if you have not trained long enough to box. Those things boxing, you can't know. You can't just pick this up and like I'm not I'm not here and I've said this before, like I'm not here for the celebrities just boxing each other. Because look, boxers die doing this. Granted, the celebrities aren't that skilled per se for the most part. 
But like, yeah, it's it's not to say that one person can't kill another, and for what? It's like like boxers really die doing this shit. Like Patrick Day was the last fighter we lost. This was eleven months ago. This was a kid from Long Island who you know a lot of people in the area like really really uh knew and grew mm-hmm. up with. Fuck Danny Jacobs up to lose him. You know what I mean? Heather Hardy, et cetera, et cetera. Like a lot of people uh, love Patrick Day. And he was somebody who was a trained boxer who has been a good amateur, et cetera, et cetera. And then he gets knocked out four or so days later. He dies because of, you know, injuries sustained in the ring. And that was a period last year between July and October where we lost four professional fighters due to injuries sustained in the ring. Like this is not a game. It's so- not a game. Not I'm glad I'm glad Nate Robinson appears to be all right, but look, I'm not. I, I will say this: I'm not just. I'm not really here for the celebrities doing it. I'm not really here for Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. trying to, you know, channel their old selves. And now you got a Vander Holyfield out here saying that he's ready, posting a picture of him in gloves, and that's somebody I definitely don't fucking want to see in the ring again because he's almost sixty. You know what I mean? And then, and then on the on the other side, the Jake Paul side of it, it's like, yo. If you're a pro fighter for real and you're saying that you're a boxer now, then go ahead and fight some real pros. The only thing is, look, once you wind up in the hospital, and just go back to YouTubing, I guess. Just do something else. Yo, but see, this shit ain't going to be for you very quickly. I agree with all that, but and I agree with everything you said about the Mike Tyson and um, you know Roy Jones and also Vander trying to get in this. But I'll wrap it by saying this. I agree with you. This is not a game. This is not for everybody. But we as a society are to blame for this. We are to blame for this. We have encouraged, we have encouraged people like YouTube cessation Jake Paul into thinking he's a boxer. Ain't nobody around him. His peoples could tell him, yo, you ain't built for this, bro. This is not for you. Deeper than that, we... <laughs> We do a little bit too much of people can believe and do whatever they want. No, nah, everybody we can't. Sort of allow it. And it's like, yeah, we have to set some sort of boundaries. You know what I mean? Like, and like I remember this, and this is dope. Like, it's great if you're a kid. Sky Zoo, in a celebration of us, in his outro, you know, telling the story about how his mom told him he could be whatever he wants. He could be, like, he wants to be a superhero. He could be that, whatever, whatever. That's cool when you're a kid. That's dope. I would love my mother told me that, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, when you get to your 20s, you can't be like, you know what, I'm just going to box now if you ain't a boxer. Like, that's a different thing. If you want to, if you want to all of a sudden, like, you know, be a cook, a chef, or an author, if you can write, if you can cook, if you can, uh, if you're really, really good at Call of Duty and you want to be a professional, like, Call of Duty player or whatever the case may be, like, there are avenues for that or whatever. But if you're not a natural boxer or if you're not somebody who's trained as a boxer or has been trained as a boxer for a long period of time until your 20s, unless you're a heavyweight, that usually doesn't work out. Because if you're a heavyweight and you've played football before or whatever, like, that's a little bit of a different story. Deontay Wilder late to the game. Like, heavyweight division's a little bit different. Jake Paul, not a heavyweight. You're 189 pounds. Cruiserweight is is basically the weight class he's out right now. If he wants to fight a light heavyweight, he'd have to come down to, 150, uh, to 175. And if you come down to 175, you're still going to get your ass beat. If you go up to heavyweight as not a natural heavyweight, then he might wind up in a car. Here's the thing. Anybody can do whatever they want if they want to choose to do it. My thing is this. If you if at fifty years old I decide I want to be a chef, I can't I can do that. 
But here's the thing about that. If you're going to go and do something, don't disrespect the craft. Don't yes. disrespect the game. Don't yes. come in and half-ass it because of the attention. And that's the point of the blame that I'm coming on society is that we're allowing these people to come in and half-ass it and be like, oh, we're okay with that because we're just here for the entertainment. It's really all funny and it's cool to laugh at Nate Robinson and I get the memes are hilarious and, the, and it's funny when somebody gets knocked out face first. But I think Brian brings up a great point. There's this dangerous side to it too that like get the wrong per person or in the wrong place with the right professional landing the right punch and that goes very differently. And then we're not all laughing because somebody can't get up. I'm not saying that to be morbid or telling people to not stop the jokes. I'm just saying to what level are we pushing this? And when yeah. we push this to a certain level and we're allowing people to do things just because. And you brought up something about childhood that I don't think I've ever talked about in this podcast. But I do want to say this is the, why we've gotten to people like Jake Paul think they could do this. The reason we're at this point is because of participation trophies. And everybody wants to give <laughs> these kids participation trophy. Oh, you can be great too. Oh, everybody played in this. We're not going to... It's sometimes it's okay to tell people and even tell your kids sometimes as yeah. they are learning to get better at stuff. Like, hey, you know what? Yo, you you tried in that, and I'm always for telling your kids to try. But yo, that right there, that ain't you. Not to discourage them, but say that ain't you right now because you haven't mastered it. If you want it, you got to work hard and be better at it. You don't get any participation trophies. And right now, even though we're all laughing at Nate Robinson, we're all kind of like acting like Jake Paul's nice, and we're giving him a participation <laughs> trophy, and he's not. Because of Brian's point and Amanda Serrano's point, he's not nice because he's not fighting any real boxers. And when he does, he going to get the Mike Tyson problem when he gets punched to the face. That's yeah. really that. And that's the thing, too, about this, is that his next fight is going to have attention. And I don't want it to be a YouTuber. Like, yo, if you're a real fighter, then fight. Like, yo, a, a regular 2-0 boxer, you don't even fight anybody good in your next uh, fight. You fight somebody who's like, if you're if you're a prospect that people have actually invested money in, you're going to fight somebody with a record that's like 4-6 and six or 0-3 oh and three or 2-2 two and two or 3-1. and one. You know what I mean? Like somebody else who's just kind of there and not really have any money behind them. If you can show me you can even beat somebody like that, then okay, you might be worth paying attention to. But I don't think that's going to be the case because those people are trained as well, even at that weight class. You're look, not a heavyweight, bro. Look, for all you people that decided to pony up the money or however you decided to watch Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones and Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson, and you if you paid to do it, well, I'm saying it. Shame on you. Yeah. If you did and you actually want to watch some good boxing, hey, we got something for you. Go, go go to Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and check out La Cultura, a Puerto Rican boxing story. You'll see some good boxing there, and you'll by see some way, good stories. By the way, the best fighter on that car uh, from the Nate Robinson, Jake Paul, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. fiasco was Badu Jack, who fought right before. Uh, it got crazy. Uh, very solid fighter. And this week, uh, Errol Spence, Danny Garcia, December 5th. There you Fox go. Paper. A good, that's a, good, a fight. That's, that's a, a fight, fight worth paying for. That's We're going to be talking about that on the next episode, the aftermath of that. I'm going to be writing about that sometime this week. It's going to be very interesting. Errol Spence's first fight since his accident. His accident, yep. Since his accident. That's a good fight worth watching. Like we said, you can always check out that Lock Tour if you want to see some good stories yeah. on boxing. Don't watch the fake boxing, people. It's not a game. It's not a game. It's really not. What's up, listeners and supporters of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast? We need some help from you, and it won't take up too much of your time. 
As we grow, we always want to hear your feedback, so take a minute or two to fill out a short anonymous survey. The survey link is right in the episode notes for this podcast. It's easy and takes less than five minutes. As always, we thank you for your continued support. It's been a long year. Obviously, 2020. We are in December now. Um, for a lot of people, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and it's like, man, January feels so long ago. I was talking about something that happened in January. And it was like, man, that feels so long ago. And we've all been trying to figure out ways how to cope during the pandemic. What has been getting us through the pandemic? You know, everybody's got their little thing because we can't do things like we used to. That's just the reality. Now, some of y'all out here wilding out doing things like you used to, and that's wildly dangerous, and you seem to not care about anybody else. But here on the Ain't Hard Stuff podcast, that is not a lifestyle that we promote at all whatsoever. We're about doing things safe and responsible. And I know Brian, like me, we, you know, uh, we found some new things during the 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 pandemic. Maybe we went back and revisited some old things during oh, the pandemic. Maybe oh, there were some positive experiences that you had, you know, at, at home. So, you know, with this podcast, we'd love for you guys to share with us what you've been able to do. But Brian, what are some things you were able to, you know, maybe experience for the first time during the pandemic or you went back and visit? I know I put you on, put you on to some things yeah. that you were able to enjoy. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, look, I'll start with The Wire. That's something that, like, finally. I, yeah. <laughs> so let me. The Wire began in 2002. I was eight years old. No, there's no shot. That I that I was gonna watch that at eight, or even know what it was at eight years old. You should, I don't not, remember. You should not have been watching it at eight, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't remember hearing about it that early in my life. I know season three was in two thousand four. I want to say that was around the time I heard about it for the first time ever in my life. But I don't remember anything like I don't remember being like, "Yo, you should watch it," whatever, whatever, because. As we've all know, and as I've known just from following it from afar and finally having watched it, but I've known a lot of the discussion around The Wire, even some characters, Jimmy McNulty, Omar Little. You hear about all these dudes, Stringer Bell, and just in passing. And I have known for a while that a lot of people who like The Wire sort of got to it late after the fact, or for whatever reason, it's just something that has aged so well that a lot of people, I started hearing a, a lot more about it. The show went off air in 2008. I started hearing a lot more about it probably in my late teenage years. We're talking 2012, 2013 slash early college years uh, or college years period up until like 2014, 15, 16. I think uh, like two, three years ago, I was that was when I was like, yo, I should really watch it. Never had, never really uh sort of curated that time to do so because I was always out and about working or whatever. And like, I just didn't, I just didn't have like a pandemic to sort of sit my ass down (laughs) and was like, yo, you're going to start watching this. April was the sort of apex for New York city. And even still is as numbers are rising a little bit here, as you know, we sort of expected at this time of the year, it's nothing like what we saw in April, May, June, which is what other parts of the country who are being less responsible are doing right now. So around that time is, I think April was the real experimental month for a lot of people because that's when it started to settle in, especially here in the Northeast. Like, yo, we're going to be in this for a minute. So The Wire, how long is it? It's an hour an episode? Fuck it. I got time (laughs) now. You know what I mean? And I, I texted Dexter a lot. 
during the watch. Oh, a lot. I probably got through all five seasons in like slightly over a month. Also, like I didn't, I, it didn't take very long. Um, and I've been watching, I've been listening to Jamel Hills and Van Lathan's podcast on the wire. So I feel like I've watched it more than once because I, unlike you and Gerard and others who have talked about this, like I've had the luxury of just being in a different age where it's like, I can go rewatch scenes on YouTube whenever I feel like it. You know what I mean? Like I can sort of uh, watch the show in a different way. So I kind of feel like I've watched the show more than once, although I can't wait to rewatch it again, maybe sometime next year. But that... And then, like, just shows in general. Like, I've been behind on TV. And this is coming from somebody who may want to work on that side in the future as far as, far as the creative writing side. Oh, more on that in the future. But, like, you know, Atlanta is something I'm watching now. I'm in season one. I'm probably going to be done with season one sometime this week. But we'll talk about that another time when I'm finished. Rami, another show Dexter recommended. Those are probably the three main shows that I've watched in quarantine. And uh, I've rewatched a little bit of Ballers. Which, yo, man. Which like, I actually never finished. And I, I, oh, so I've never finished that. You should finish it. I just have oh, the last season to finish. Yeah. I'm not going to put Ballers on the same pedestal as some of the other HBO shows, probably like The Wire. Um, and, well, Game of Thrones, I guess, is another one that's Sopranos up there. Sopranos is up there. Yeah, but, I, and I've never seen The Sopranos. That's another show that my brother's saying that I should watch. Um, I my agree. brother told me a lot about a lot, of, a lot about these shows, and I know a bunch about The Sopranos. I just never watched it, but the thing with Ballers is an underrated show, man. Like it is a strong. I'm not gonna say it's a nine because that might be a little too high, but I feel comfortable saying it's like an eight, eight and a half. It's a strong show, man. It's a good show. It's a it's 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 a good show. I I, I for one. I for one was happy you you finally got to watch The Wire and had the time to do it, and I also. Started rewatching. Now I am a diehard Wire fan. For people don't know, you've probably seen me with the shirts on. Uh, I'm a huge Wire fan. It's my favorite show. I think it's the best show of all time. Um, One of the best shows I've seen. But I'm not qualified to like talk about best show of all time because there's a lot of shows. I yeah, and I'm a big drama TV watcher, so I, you know I, I I love that. And so while Brian was doing it, I did a rewatch. This is my fifth time rewatching the Wire, um, which shows you how much. And I still pick up great stuff in it all the time. So now. I'm, I'm in the middle of season five, so I'm about to finish it pretty soon. Um, you know, which 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 is an interesting season for people if you are involved in the journalism industry. By the way, I want to say this too. I like because a lot of people I know how divisive season two is, right? And I think you and Gerard were impressed that when I rank my wire seasons, season two is not dead last. Season yeah, five is actually last. Yeah, I like so I I you know I wanted to really love the newspaper shit in season five but like mcnulty just got a little nuts you know what i'm saying yeah like, don't 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 ruin it for people who don't haven't seen it here listen this is what i'll say to people ranking seasons of the wire they're all really good i mean i think there are two seasons that are leaps and bounds better than the other three but they're all really good and like nothing is whack like Nothing there is whack. I will agree with probably season five being the weakest. Um, I go four, one, three, two, and five. That's and I go four, one, two, three, and five. Oh, and you have two above three. I have two above three. I, I'm two. not in love with three as some, most other people are. I think it's good. Like, again, I, it's, I think two gets underrated, but that's a whole other thing. Look, I got to rewatch that during quarantine. The best thing about – the best thing for me, I think, personally for quarantine was not that, you know – I appreciate the time and stuff I got to spend with family and do some other things. 
but I felt like definitely working on my health, like just getting back to working out three days a week, you know, working out with my boy, shout out to my boy, uh, fan of the podcast, great trainer, Anthony Slater. We work out multiple times doing it through, doing it through FaceTime, um, being consistent with it, being better with my diet, just my health overall. I feel like I did a lot of good stuff during the pandemic, taking Same. care of my health, taking care, yeah, taking care of my skin better, like just uh, taking care of vitamins, eating, being more conscious of, of certain things I was doing. So I think taking care of my body uh, is not just physical health, but mental health as well, too. And just finding more balance for that has been better, which makes you think about a lot about what we were doing before. Yep. So for me, that's been that. Um, probably just doing more reading, listening to more podcasts than I have been. Uh, right. more, more creative. Got to work on a couple of sideline stories this year. Uh, some that are upcoming this week. Uh, our Sports Voices Matter will be in the NYC Chain Film Festival uh, this week. That's from December 3rd to 13th. Check that out if you can. Um, and so just having time to put into things that I really wanted to do that I probably haven't just because of being so bogged down with work and just life in general, that's been a real blessing. So just appreciating that time while we have it, um, however you make use of it, whether it's watching the show, working out, Cooking, learning to cook. I've been doing some more diverse things with cooking. That's been fun. I learned too. how to make ground turkey, yo. That's what's up. <laughs> that, yo, you know what I'm saying? You got, you got like, like taking time to learn stuff is is whether it's through watching things, doing things hands on is is beautiful. Like you know, and, and so hopefully we don't know when this is gonna end, but hopefully there's more stuff. Uh, there's more stuff I need to go back and watch, or I haven't done. Like I just. And I think I recommended this to you, Brian, the other day. I just finished watching. I didn't get to watch this when it came out, but I May Destroy You. I just finished watching oh, that series, yeah. which was yeah, which yeah. was fantastic. I didn't watch it as it was on, but I was a couple months late, and I just finished that. So a lot I, of good stuff. I'm just still adding stuff to the list. Uh, I've been trying to, on my list, by the oh, way. That's, that's probably one of my favorite current shows on TV right now. Um, it sounds like something I would like. I don't know much about it. Oh, I, I think heard, you would. I've heard the creator interviewed on friend of the show howard beck's podcast as well as a previous ain't hard to tell guest but monty jones podcast yeah just listening to them talk about the show i was like i think especially now like just how i think about things i'm like i think this is something that i would it's actually probably do. my favorite current show on tv right now i would say that okay current shows dramas uh yeah it's definitely my favorite for sure and so i just got another friend who and she's like we talk tv stuff all the time She's big in the TV, and she hadn't watched it, and now she's on it, and she loves it. So I think yeah. you will like it. Um, it's good. But- I've been watching. I've been watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. Also, I should say that. Uh, which look, I mean, I forgot how much I did like that show. One time, I just kind of I was flying somewhere, and I was just like, "Oh shit, Brooklyn Nine Nine!" Like I've heard about the show a lot. This was years ago, and then like I just started watching it on the flight. And you know now I've gotten back to sort of watching it. I'm like catching up. I'm behind, so no, no. That's support. like me. That's like me with another comedy that I would recommend to you that I'm trying to um, watch is is Broad City. I'm trying to get back in, in, into watching that a little bit. Yeah, I keep hearing about too. a bunch of shit. And then like there, there's a whole, there's a whole uh, <laughs> like we were talking about the work thing, and I want to get to this before I get into video games because I got I got to mention the video games during this pandemic. That's nothing. Crazy. That's nothing different from your normal life. You're always but, playing video but- games. <laughs> But here's the thing, like, in terms of work, because you mentioned this, like, I didn't realize how much work, not as far as, like, this podcast goes, but I'm just in general, 
like we were putting in before this like just us as people us and our inner circles or whatever and you realize how much people are working and people are working like now but now it's a little bit different like i've found in the pandemic you know i've taken on a project that i've been working on and we've been doing pods and stuff like that but for the most part like i've been able to pace myself better and not get so not get as crazy as i normally do like take time to relax a little bit take time to actually just play video games and actually chill listen to podcasts do whatever the case and not just you know just be work 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 all the time and i think a lot of that was commuting i like that i haven't and some people are mm. now you know commuting the job some people never stop commuting because they're essential workers who you know that's a whole other portal that we can get into about you know how we need to care for those people a lot of whom are black and latino especially in new york city but like i just not having to really go anywhere like that has been a lot better and i'm not saying that i want to work remotely forever i do understand that even the job i have now with deadspin i do understand that i'm gonna have to be in an office at some point though that's gonna be a long time from now it's gonna be months from now but i do hope that generally speaking across the board in terms of all the things we do jobs that we don't necessarily need to be in an office for i would hope that we could find some middle ground and this pandemic showed us that yo we don't need to have people in the office five days a week from nine to five for certain jobs <laughs> we should have you know we should like there should be hey uh come twice a week do three days remote or vice versa whatever i think there should be more of a balance and i think there should be just a general rearranging of how we're doing things and it's not really our fault that certain places have their offices in the middle of wherever in manhattan so that they have to keep us in there to sort of pay off their rent you know what i mean like there are companies that have these buildings and it's like you know we like we need we need to make use of the space so we need to have people in here and it's like i just hope that people rethink how we're doing things and i appreciate the place i work at now not really making anyone go into the office and understands that yo like we're not and you know same thing with your job like you don't really have to be in an office right now well yeah you know I'm saying? and for me i've been working remote pretty much for two plus years so it wasn't that hard i just stop going out in certain ways as much but i think it comes down to companies valuing the opportunity yeah. for people to have diversity in the way they work and i think the good companies are going to get it and move forward and, and the others some are not sadly um yeah. i think it just comes to how the companies value their workers is really going to come down to that in terms of video games real quick yo video games um i didn't get to do i think we talked about this before i did play the last of us part two uh, over the summer, which Brian is now playing the first part of. Finally, something yes. else I've got him on to. And well, shout out to Cyber Monday. I bought The Last of Us 1 and The Last of Us 2. And I started Thank The God. Last of Us. Thank started God. The last... I'm looking to finish both of them before Hitman 3 drops on January 20th. Yes, I know the that's, exact that's, that's, that's I wouldn't say that's overly ambitious. I think it's possible. I will tell you. No, it's very I, doable. I will tell you. Not... I will tell you. I will tell you now, though, yeah. the time it'll take you to beat Last of Us 1, you might double that on Last of Us 2. It is a bigger game, larger game. It's going to take a lot longer um, mm. in a way I didn't expect, but it's not bad. Uh, yeah. But, but I, one of the things I got to do that was refreshing this year, I always remember is I got to play The Last of Us 2. When it dropped, I was playing like an hour and a half to two hours every night. You know, and I hadn't done that with a game in a long time. 
um, and putting about it's about 32, 34 hours worth of gameplay, but loved it and it was a great experience. And now Brian's going to enjoy the whole story uh, in one shot, which should be fun. Yeah, and it's like, and look, it can overlap with Hitman. I'm just saying, I would like to get it out the way and welcome in the new yeah, game. Yeah, don't you don't know? overlap it with Hitman. You're gonna you I, I, you're not gonna be able to yeah, do that. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't want to do that. Um, but you know, like right, like. <clears throat> look, there's been a lot of video game playing because it's like, what else you're going to do? You know what I mean? And I like that I'm not, like, I don't really stream anymore like I used to. I kind of just play the shit when I want to relax because otherwise I'm working and streaming is, like, kind of feels like work. So you're going to, like, disconnect yourself from that. But, like, it's funny. Right before this pandemic started, I had just beaten Chaos Theory again, Splinter Cell, are, for for my money, maybe the greatest game of all time. Like, that, <laughs> Chaos Theory is the shit came out 15 years ago it is on i forget who made the list of 100 games you need to play before you die but that was on a list somewhere i don't remember where it was but that is the best splinter cell installment every splinter cell fan not every splinter cell fan majority of splinter cell fans would say the same thing we need a new fucking splinter cell game i don't know what's going on with that it's not happening Uh, but like Splinter Cell, uh, and I went back and even beat Blacklist again because, like, you know, what else was I going to do? Uh, Hitman 2. Um, in, in the quarantine, I actually uh, got Hitman 2 through PlayStation Now. And then today, Cyber Monday, I was like, let me get rid of my PlayStation Now subscription and then just buy it. So I actually have a couple of new missions to play through at Hitman 2 to really finish it. Uh, but that's, you know, mostly done. Uh, and then because of PlayStation Now... I was able to try out a bunch of new games and just kind of like rent them almost. You know what I mean? NASCAR Heat 4 made a Mexican uh, NASCAR driver who was a woman and aced out everybody uh, before I got rid of that. My tennis player, Viviana Vega, AO Tennis 2, which is actually a fun game. Not a great game, but a fun game. I just wish that they had like all the tennis players, which they don't. Um, you know what I'm saying? That and then, like meaning to try. Yeah, so but it's a fun ass game. There are a whole bunch of games. I got into Metal Gear Solid Five. I was playing that for a while, um, and then like some phone games too. Nobody, I'm telling you right now, nobody. I've literally won almost 200 straight fights in this game. Nobody is beating me in real boxing two on the Android, no, or an iPhone. No matter, nobody. So we like, just, we, just we just went we just went from early in this podcast to talking about how it's not a game and anybody can get in the ring. To talking about a game with boxing and nobody can beat you in that. And yo, you know what I'm listening to and all this stuff you're telling me? I'm like, damn, you got a lot of time. <laughs> I do not I do not I just, have I this make, amount of I time. Just, I just make use of it because like again, I don't really go anywhere. You know what I mean? Like I like there there are a couple spots that I go to. Really just one other spot that I go to now that I think about it. You know what I mean? And then sometimes I'll go on my walks. You know what I mean, but um, like it, it's crazy. It's like I don't really, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I miss, I miss having, I miss having you, all you that at, time for video games. You at, and 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 up until two weeks ago, three weeks ago, actually, up until three weeks ago, I was just basically working on my own stuff. Right. Now, so that's that's a factor, right? You know what I mean. So, and I was working on my own time. Now, to some degree. You know what I mean? The job consists of that, but the job is a job at the end of the day. So it is what it is. And then, um, uh, which is a great thing because now your boys get paid a little bit more. Um, which is which is which is always good. Yeah, yeah. And then and then like you know and and, and then I bought I bought like UFC four, 
You know what I mean? And I'm trying to – the thing that pissed me off about UFC 4 is the career mode. I'm trying to retire because I went 30-0. and And, like, in the game, you can't retire on your own. They just – they have to – oh, your longevity meter has to be all the way down. So it's like, wait, so I can't retire even though I'm 36 and undefeated and the greatest of all time? I'm supposed to wait until my meter goes all the way down? So until then, I'm just going to get concussed and get CTE and have all my joints broken? Like, hmm. no. no I'm sorry. Mode. That sounds like the NFL. <laughs> they don't they don't give it they don't give a damn about you or or your health which is which is interesting we'll talk about that we'll talk about that in a second and in the quarantine too i've noticed that i played a lot less sport uh, i play a, i'm playing a lot fewer sports games than i used to man i used to get like every sports game and you'll notice that most of the games i've mentioned and there are some others too that i really can't think about right now not really sports games at all i got Oh. you know what i'm saying like i don't hmm. really play that anymore but like I, i'm just it's just Everything's just shifting in a different direction. I haven't played a lot of sports. I mean, I haven't played a lot of sports games during the quarantine, too, now I think about it. So maybe it was just so much of the talk and consumption, everything that was going on with sports. But I just really didn't – I really didn't play that much. Anyway. Get, we, neither of us got 2K this year. Yeah, I'll get that for the next gen when I get that for my birthday because I was going to be like y'all crazy people waiting to try to get get it this year. Like you had to get it for Christmas. Some people doing too much next for that. Year, next year, next gen. Yeah. Some, sometime I'll get that. All right, well, let us know what you did to get through uh, quarantine times or what you're still doing. It's not like we're out of this yet. Not like we're, we're gone or, or this, isn't, this isn't over. But let us know what you were doing. Uh, I'm going to continue to try to exercising, keep yo. exercising, keep uh, feeding Five the mind and the week. body, trying to, trying to get it in. Got to definitely do that. Keep the mind, body right. Uh, stay healthy. Definitely got to do that. One time for your mind, one time. One time for your mind, one time. One time for your mind. Uh, this week, we got a couple things to talk about. Uh, some stuff around the world of music. Uh, we had an album that Brian and I both checked out from one of our favorite producers. And um, a lot of crazy stuff going on in the NFL. I don't usually bring a lot of sports stuff into one time for your mind. But the NFL has just been crazy the last couple of weeks. By the time you listen to this podcast, the Pittsburgh Steelers... Uh, Baltimore Ravens game could have been moved again for all I know. It has been moved three times. It is now mm-hmm. will be played on Wednesday at 3.40 p.m. Now, you might ask yourself, why 3.40? Well, they're moving it up early because Wednesday, December 2nd, is also the day of the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree lighting. And, whoa, that is crazy for me to think of. One year ago uh, from Wednesday, I was standing out there freezing my ass off covering mm-hmm. the lighting of the tree which I will say, and I don't think I've said this on this podcast, might be the most ridiculous thing, probably next to watching the ball drop on New Year's Eve, for anybody so to wait afraid. outside in the cold for. I'm going to say that I've never seen the Christmas tree lit uh, in front of me, other than one other time when I worked for the New York Post. I went there early to talk to some people about waiting for it hours before, but I didn't have to stand mm-hmm. there. And even if I wanted to get out, the office was only two blocks away, so that wasn't bad. This, I was out for about four or five hours and it was getting cold and I was not feeling too great. And I had to do live shots and I had to report and do a story. And uh, yeah. So that's anyway, that's the reason that the game will be at three 40 on, on Wednesday and not later in the night because they want to be, NBC wants to be able to air it before they air the Christmas tree lighting, which is still a big deal for a lot of people. Now it appears to me, Brian, the NFL has no idea what they're doing with any of this stuff, man. We're seeing the COVID cases increase. We are seeing 
you know, games, you know, canceled or pushed back. Although the Broncos, who had a game against your your uh, New Orleans Saints with your boy Taysom Hill, that <laughs> game, <laughs> that listen, game listen, wasn't can canceled. Can I say something about that real quick? Can I say something about that, that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. I haven't heard shit from anybody after yesterday's performance, but everybody, you know, all the MAGA folks were in my mentions about like, oh, how could you disrespect the white quarterback uh, before when he had a great game, great game, he did not a, have a decent great game. game, a decent game against the uh, Atlanta Falcons, probably the worst defense in the NFL. And Taysom Hill, my, Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill and I still have uh, the same amount of touchdown passes this season. So, good. That that's a good point. Last couple starts, it's like, yo, he didn't even throw for a hundred yards against the Broncos. You nope. know what I mean? This kind of proves the point at how low. That's the point. Is the point is not that you know Jameis Winston is great or whatever the case may be. He's just more qualified for the job and is somebody who is just a better quarterback. And the black dude normally doesn't get the benefit of the doubt uh, the same way the white guy has because the black dude who's 30 years old and is a gadget player never gets a shot to be like, oh, we wonder how you are as a quarterback. They for sure as hell don't get $16 million guaranteed. And uh, they also just don't get to play over – like imagine if Jameis Winston had a white equivalent. That dude would have been playing no questions asked regardless of his stats and the 30 interceptions and all that stuff. And then with Taysom Hill, he gets a chance, and the bar is so low that everybody was gassed off his performance last week, which wasn't even that good. And then this week, nobody's saying a peep, and he didn't even throw for 100 yards in that game against the Broncos. So I rest my case. The dude you described as the white equivalent of uh, James Winston would be Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he gets to play sometimes for the Miami Dolphins. So that happens. <laughs> no, But when I look at what's going on in the NFL, and it's 30 year old Brad Smith doesn't get that opportunity nope. to Taysom. Nope, he and does Brad not. Smith was a better college quarterback. He was. No, nope. you know, when I look at what's going on in the NFL and we saw the Broncos, not all three of their quarterbacks had to be placed on COVID protocol and couldn't play. They had to, what they sign? A wide receiver off the practice squad that previously played some some quarterback. And they tried, the, the Broncos applied for uh, one of their Kendall assistant Hinton. coaches. Kendall yeah. Hinton. And people didn't were, ask for any of this. Yeah, he didn't ask for none of that. And people were coming at him. I don't know why. And then they, the Broncos tried to get one of their coaches who they made a point that he knows the offense as well as anybody who formerly had played quarterback in college, and the NFL denied them. Now, I read this pretty good article, and I want to get this guy's name right. His name is uh, – pulling it up right here. Oh, David Dennis Jr. He wrote this mm. uh, He wrote this really good article. And is I thought it had undefeated? I think it's with Undefeated. He wrote some stuff for Undefeated too. Yeah. And um, – he wrote this really good article called the, the NFL is America's League because it has no COVID plan, just vibes. And <laughs> I, 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 loved, I, I loved something that he said in this. And I was put onto this article because the homie Christina Tapper had retweeted this. And she posted a quote that really stood out to me, too, when I read the article. And I just thought it was I'll leave people with this. David said football has prided itself on being America's sport. And nothing speaks to that branding like a league that treats its populace with the same carelessness that the current administration has for its residents. And that's been my issue. And I was talking to another friend about this uh, yesterday. And this is what makes it uncomfortable to look at the NFL, even though I've been watching it with the eye of like, how is this all going to blow up? That's kind of the way I've been looking at this sport this season. They have shown to not care about the players. And even in the way they've they've handled COVID and all these things, and we look at what's going on with the Ravens and Steelers pushing the game back three times, it seems like they have no plan, no clue whatsoever. They're just making this stuff up as they go along. Now, I know we're all adjusting to the virus. I get all that. 
But this was a sport that didn't even try to have a bubble. Didn't even try. Didn't even see how they can make it work. Know the amount of players. We talked about this, Brian. We talked about this with Jay McManus, the amount of people that are on a staff, on a team, that are in on a field, even without fans, on a game day, and how risky this all was. And I think now we're starting to see it, especially with the weather changing, just how bad it's going to get. And it's just like, look, sports it, it sometimes is a microcosm of our culture and society. And we're definitely seeing that with the NFL, especially in the way they go about business, which is definitely... I think familiar, as Mr. Dennis Jr. said, to the current administration. They haven't shown a care. They haven't shown a care about the people at all whatsoever, and it does not seem like they have a plan. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, and it makes me think about the NBA because that's coming up around the corner, and while I don't think they're going to get off of this 100% scot-free because now they're not going to have a bubble, so, like, Lord, no, we'll probably be in training camp uh, and we already have people have t- having tested positive because of what they were doing before. But I think they're going to be able to navigate the season, not totally harmless, but they're going to just be smart about it. The players are going to be smarter about it. And I think they're just going to handle all of this better than some other leagues or most of the other leagues are uh, have been because that's what they've been doing. Like they've just been at the forefront of a lot. WNBA as well. When they come back around, although they're probably not until they're not. Yeah, they're not until later next year uh, in 2021 spring, summer. I don't know if they're going to have a delay. So it might not even be the spring like it customarily is. And then my whole thing is like, where are we going to be at? during the NBA season is going to be important because football still wants to have a Super Bowl in February. We'll see how that goes. Um, and on top of that, the administration is going to change up top with the presidency in January. Finally, that can't come soon enough. We'll have an actual coronavirus plan. We'll see what happens with these vaccines. But look, next year, you're talking about never buying the NBA being in season. Baseball is going to start in April. The big event that I'm looking forward to that I'm upset that we missed out on this past year was the Olympics. I think mm. Dexter was smirking because I think he thought I was going to say some WWE shit. I, I, that's, he- <laughs> that's, exactly what I, that's exactly what I thought. I mean, look, that's something I'm watching out for as well because it's like – no, because here's the thing. WrestleMania is oh, in here April. we go. It's in early April, and it's like – they're in Tampa, I think, this year, or they pushed it to next year because they were supposed to be in Tampa this past year. Are they going to try to have fans? And here's the interesting thing. It's Florida. This, this is legitimately interesting. They're in Orlando right now at the Amway Center. That's where they set up their Thunderdome. They have to move because the Orlando Magic are going to start going into the facility again. The WWE is actually going to start using Tropicana Field until baseball season is ready to have Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, and all their events. Mm. Which tells me they may be trying to get fans in there either immediately or very soon. And they're hoping that by the time WrestleMania rolls around in April is that they could have, you know, whatever capacity or whatever fans it is. So I'm just curious to see how sports leagues navigate this because the NFL, to bring it back to them, is is sort of providing us information. Not information we didn't already expect but we still have information nonetheless on just how this can go uh, from a professional league standpoint. I think college football has been worse, easily worse. Oh, it's definitely been worse. And I'm going to pay attention closer to college basketball as far as how they handle this because it's not one league. Yes, it's the NCAA, but really these leagues, just these conferences Conferences. within government, 
themselves. They govern themselves. You know what I mean? We've already seen Seton Hall have to push back a couple games. Like Baylor, that game got canceled. and that, Like we're seeing a whole bunch of games already get canceled. Uh, St. John's just played today. Um, like, we're, we're, you know, we're going to see because there's going to be kids testing positive. And look, in, in football, you have way bigger teams. But in basketball, you know, it's just a team of 15 or so players and a handful of coaches and managers and stuff like that. 25, 30 people as a whole. It still only t- takes one to start a spread. So it kind of doesn't matter how big the team is. Yeah, it, it, it really it almost really doesn't. I'll leave it one last thing from David Dennis Jr. that I think stuck out to me from his read. And I, I suggest people check it out um, if they can. He said, by now, there's no question that the NFL is the true American tradition. From its silencing of black protests to, to its dismissal of a deadly pandemic, the league encapsulates Americana at its worst. Could not agree with that more. All right, Brian, what do you what do you have for your one time for your mind? Uh, talking that new Static Selector album. New Static Selector. I texted you this when when the album came out. I was like, is Static Selector the best at these type of albums right now? I feel like not a lot of people are doing them, but I also feel like there no one is doing them as well in terms of just it's not really it's not really just a compilation to me. Like they usually feel like albums and we've talked about other static selector projects, but like this one in particular, like I feel like there is a theme throughout the album and it's not just, Hey, everyone come over here, spit on this and then whatever. I'll just piece it together in that way. I feel like there's a legitimate science behind it. The only other person I could think of that, that tries to make these kind of albums and does so every year or so is DJ Khaled and Static Select is better than that. Uh, his projects are better than that. No disrespect, because I actually think some of DJ Khaled's albums are all right, but Static Select is on a whole different level. And we, you know, we listened to the album. I thought, I we're getting to the point now where it's almost hip hop awards season on the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. It'll be the fourth time we do this. And this year we're breaking it up into two different episodes because we're going to talk about more albums and then we have our categories in another episode. But one of them is going to be albums only and the other one's going to be everything else. And the reason why is because this year on the albums we're going to have top tens. I'm telling you right now because there's a lot to talk about. This is a great year for music. Like all that, all everything else aside, like this ended up being a great year for hip hop. After, after right? it started off very, <laughs> first six very months slow. were very slow. Um, it yeah. really picked on. It really picked up from July to really strong from July to September. It was really October was really strong for hip hop. Um, but yeah, no, Status Selectors album. I thought it was really good. Let, let's go. Let's go through it a little bit because, like, we. I mean, I like the track listing. I was the first about half features. of the album. The, first, the second half of the album's good, but the first half of the album. Listen, man, the healing. I mean, we love Black Thought. You especially. Black Thought is probably your third favorite MC ever, right? He's is fourth. He's fourth. MC? He's fourth. But who's but third? Who's third? Who oh, Biggie. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, that makes a little more sense. Keep it moving is my shit. The Nas and Joey Badass song. I swear it gets better every time I hear it. It's a great song. I, I love that song. And Gary Clark Jr., shout out to him. He's also on that record. Play around Kanye to uh, Kanye. Conway. That's the second time I've done that. Conway. That's weird from you. (laughs) Killer Mike. Conway also has a very good verse on Juicy J's new album, which I heard uh, the other day. 
and there's a little bit of a bounce to it. It was not a not a not a bounce I was expecting from Conway, but he's one of the nicest MCs on the planet. Uh, and this a uh, couple other favorites for me on the Static Selector album: America's Canceled, uh, featuring a very good terminology. A very good one. One of the best verses on the album, but for sure. Terminology. Top three verse on the album for me. Yeah. Um And and Dave Eason and Method Man collaborate. I thought it was one of the best songs in the album. I was, I was like, wow, there's like some good chemistry here between these two. Method Man's had a great year in terms of yes, guest, he does. Some kind of guest features. Yes, he Squeak, has. I have a feeling whether he wins verse of the year or not, we are definitely going to mention that. Oh, oh, on, shit. On that it has to, it has to be. <laughs> and I think, I think my favorite track on the Static Selector album right now is the solo track he's got with Joey. That Watch is me. just a is such a good. It's such a good hip hop song, but it yeah. is such the essence of what the both of them could do well and Static's production, and it is so New York jazzy. I love the drums. I love that he got Q Tip on it to do a little what they did in the hook, the on point play off a of, off a of tribe interpolation off a of tribe. Um, check the rhyme and yo man, like just. Yo, just that's a I, that song just makes me feel good. I just love the feeling of the song. Another song I really like too. Not just to jump ahead, be I really like the song with Benny and Paul Wall. I love that oh. song, man. I'm forgetting the name yeah. of it right now. It's escaping me. I like the Benny Paul Wall track. I like the chillness of that. I like Paul Paul Wall, who's you know done some work with Static and and has hopped on before. Really good. I just love the vibe of that song. Really good song, man. Really good song. <laughs> I think and one of the other ones that I re- that I liked later on was uh, Balance Beam, actually. Now that I'm looking at the track, yeah. I forgot. I really liked Balance Beam when I first heard it, and it's a song that I've came that I've come back to. Nick Grant, CJ Fly, JFK okay. on that record. Yeah, don't, that's Fly, one I like. And CJ Fly had a project earlier this year, Rude Boy, with uh, Static Selector that I actually really liked. Um, so like, I'm, I'm excited. Like, we'll see, we'll see if Balancer got cracks in top 10, because that top 10 is tough that I have right now. But, like, I think I'm glad that, look, good listen, 16 joints, 46 minutes. That's, like, right there at the the point where it feels like, all right, this is just what I needed. Uh, I kept a bunch of the records off there. Um, And I think that, look, I can't wait to do our hip-hop awards because there there are people a part of this project who I'm sure we're going to be mentioning again. Oh yeah, and, and it's funny that you and it's funny that you mentioned um songs that make you feel good. Uh, the Joey Badass one, his little EP earlier this year, the Light Pack or whatever. I don't even mm-hmm. know if you want to call it an EP. Mm-hmm. All three of those songs can make you feel the same way, especially Shine and No Explanation. Well, like, Shine, Shine yeah. also Shine also produced by um Static Selector, and I will say it. I'll put it, it is in the in my song of the year. I don't know if it'll win. I haven't decided on it yet. But it's up there for me because I love that song and I love what's that there with that sample. Um, having so a yeah. tough time with song of the year, by the way. I'm yeah, very. Uh, me too. I'm having a tough time with it. There's a couple of contenders. We'll talk more about this, but that'll be coming up in a couple weeks. Brian's right about that. We will have the hip hop awards, and the real reason we're going to ten. And if you've listened to the past couple people, you know what this is. It really comes down to the fact that Brian struggles to choose five, and Brian <laughs> will have all these nut ass tiebreakers, and that's what's gonna happen. We know you can't just give him five and be like, "Yo, man, choose this best five. He can't do it. He can't do it. 
and and also it's like you know i may want to get an extra episode i feel like we provide enough content to where it's like we could we could we could I'm, just, I, I'm just letting the people know you be bullshitting that's all i'm just letting people know <laughs> you be bullshitting yo brian what, what you want for lunch i don't know i can't choose between these things brian brian struggles making choices on certain things and i know this because i've asked the man what he's wanted for lunch we've got had to go get lunch <laughs> Sister, which we haven't done in a while. I know. I can't, I can't wait till we could do that in person again. You got to let me know when you come by Anchors, which I have not had in a while. Yo, it was crazy. It's crazy because, <laughs> you know, we're talking about something else. I was near your way the other day, and I almost made an Anchors stop, but I didn't do it, which I do a couple of times because now I get my hair cut nearby where Brian lives. And so, um, yeah, I was going to stop by there. But next time I'm over there, which will probably be in a couple of weeks, I definitely gotta. Uh, we definitely gotta get some anchors uh, and do that again. All right. If, well, if you ever buy Q Gardens, you gotta check out Chicken House. Yo. That's my. I other know we're plugging places, but that's just a little takeout spot, though. You don't eat it there. That's but, another. Like that's that's some that's some hood chicken. You know what I'm saying? But you go in and it's right on the grill. They're like what you want? You want a half? Cut that shit right in front of you. <laughs> Rice salad. Boom. You're good. To that go. sounds. That sounds like I like. <laughs> Jerk chicken off the drum pan on the street. I like that. So that sounds just like that kind of vibe. All right. So check check out that Static Selector album, The Balancing Act. Uh, another thing we're hoping to do in the next, you know, we don't know how soon, but hopefully get uh, some more artists and producers up here. Talk to them. We haven't had a producer on this show yet, so hopefully we can make that happen. We're working on that. Um, so, you know, definitely check that out. Let us know what you think of that Balancing uh, Act album. Let, let us know what you think about what the NFL is doing. Are they bugging? Will the league make it to the Super Bowl? Will the NBA survive? I think that's something we'll definitely talk about in a couple of coming weeks uh, coming up as we are only a couple weeks away <laughs> from the NBA starting unbelievably. So a lot of interesting things to talk about this month in the final month of 2020. I know a lot of you have been been dying for 2020 to be over. Although I'll get into this another time. I don't know why people do yeah, that I know because you're you're not, it's not a guarantee that 2021 is going to be much better. It is not guaranteed. Um, but we'll yeah. we'll see. Be be grateful that we're here today. Be thankful for that, and that that's all you should do. All right. So that's it for episode one fifty six of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Please subscribe. Please continue to support us via Patreon. Um, and also, you know, a lot of you've been doing this lately. I've seen them coming in. Please, you know, answer the survey. Let us know what you'd like to hear that's coming up next on the podcast. All your comments and support is absolutely helpful. So. For Brian Fonseca, I'm Dexter Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace.